0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wannabe entrepreneur. How are you? I hope you had a lovely week. Here I am, Tiago, again, sharing a little bit of my indie journey with you. I've been doing so for, uh, I guess, almost two years now. Crazy. It's so crazy. How the time passes. But, you know, this is really a high moment of my week. It's a time for me to reflect and kind of look back and, and speak with you. So, yeah, welcome. I've been trying to be a little bit more organized in these uh, episodes, and I've been kind of putting together a storyline, or at least writing down what I wanted to talk beforehand. Don't get me wrong, I'm not like writing a script, anything. I'm just like, I put some topics, and I try to follow some story, and then I try to find a title. And the title of this episode is going to be something around getting to know yourself, and... What I'll be exploring in this, besides, of course, sharing a lot about my indie projects, I'll be sharing a lot about PodSqueeze. As you know, this is my most recent project, but as well the community and everything that is going on, including the freelancing and everything. But as well, this lifestyle, this indie lifestyle, is always a mixture. It's a mixture of work and then personal life and how you balance both and how you balance your mind and your mental health. And for me, there's a lot of, ups and downs, and I want to share this with you and kind of tricks I've been learning with with this journey that help me to keep sane and stable and somehow a stable level of um, enthusiasm and happiness. You know, sometimes it always fluctuates, but I, I try to make it fluctuate as less as possible, and there's a couple of things that I, I want to share with you and as well some tricks that I've been finding to be really good for me to keep my productivity up. So that's basically what I will be talking about. You know that I can always derail a little bit, but that's at least the storyline. Before we get started, let me just say that I've been getting some messages from you praising the podcast, which I totally love. So thank you so much for the support you give me. This, the last episode that I've released, already reached 180 downloads actually even more because there's also youtube so it's incredible it's really growing and even though it might not seem a lot in if you think on like youtube standards where like a video has like a thousand views without any problems for podcasting this is a big deal this is really a big deal because these are you are people that are listening to this every week and it's a completely different relationship than uh, YouTube viewers. So I really appreciate this, and I love getting the feedback. I love getting questions from people. So if you wanna send me a message or a question, whatever, you can do so through Twitter at wbtiago. And if you really want to support this podcast and go the extra mile, you can uh, do two things. One, you can become a Patreon and for that you just join our lovely wb space our community for indie makers and it's 10 bucks per month and you get so many things you get first of all to meet a lot of other makers then we have events just today we had an, one event and uh, we have it's we have a lot of things and it's kind of a support group for indie makers it's really really fun and you won't feel as lonely or you can sponsor this podcast with your indie product which is also really great by the way Thank you for today's sponsor, Social Juice. I'll be speaking about them uh, later on this episode. But yeah, thank you so much for supporting this episode. Now, without any delays, let's get started with today's episode. So here's one thing about me. It's really rare for me to cry, either in life or watching a movie. It's it's really, really rare. I can almost recall all the times in my life that I've cried, at least my somehow adult life or maybe adolescent plus adult life. Of course, I don't remember when I was a baby, obviously. But since I can remember myself, I can really like think, pinpoint the times that I've cried. And I'm, of course, I'm not proud for not crying or anything. That's not something that I that I get some proud from. But it's it's just weird. It's it's weird because my partner she cries a lot. It's it's normal, like any movie we're watching, she does. And for me, crying has a different meaning, as the meaning of like you are really sad or touched by something. Whereas there's people that cry much more easily and whatever they just see a puppy and they cry and, it, and it's not as relevant i would say the reasons why i don't cry i'm not sure if i want to get into that in in this episode because first of all i don't really know and maybe we we'll, we can get to things really really deep you know maybe it's like society pressure like yo men don't cry you should not cry or uh something else from my childhood But yeah, it's really, really, it's really rare. And when I do feel like tearing up, I always try to force it not to do so. And I most always am able to control it. Tiago, that's not healthy. You should cry. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm not discussing that healthy part or not. I know that there are some issues probably there. But I'm telling you this because recently. I watched a movie on Netflix and I couldn't control myself. Really, I felt so emotional that tears came from my eyes. Something that never happened, like or at least didn't happen for a long, long time. And now you might be thinking, but what is this movie? It must be super sad, like the most sad movie ever for, for Tiago to cry, for, for someone that often does not cry to cry. But actually not. This movie is called True Spirit, and it's a, it's a kind of a documentary based on a real life events, and it's on Netflix. And this tells the story of Jessica Watson. Jessica is an Australian, and she's a woman, and as a teenager, when she was 16, she sailed around the world solo, non-stop. She was the youngest person ever doing so. And I remember this happening because she's more or less my age. So when she was 16, I guess I was 17. And I remember hearing the news and I remember kind of reading because I was, as you know, I'm really into sailing. And back then I was already into sailing. And I kind of saw that. I was like, oh, cool. Wow. 16 years old. And like, she's just going around the world. But back then it didn't hit me so hard because I didn't even realize what that meant. Going Sailing around the world means that you will go around all the ocean, not, not all the oceans, but most of the oceans, like the most dangerous oceans out there, alone without ever stopping, without ever touching land, and without ever using engine or, or getting the support for someone else. If you do that, you are disqualified. And with this boat, with the boat at least that she used, it took her around seven months. Just take a second to understand this, to reflect on this. Imagine a teenager, 16 years old, in a boat, sailing around the world, facing storms, problems, super far away. There's actually a point, I think it's called the Point Nemo, where the closest human... To the sailor is actually the astronauts in the space station. So if there was a problem, people would actually take days to find them. So it's extremely, extremely dangerous. I there, There's a lot of races around the world. There's one in particular, which is a race, a solo race around the world called the Globe. And uh, these, even though they go alone, they go all together, right? They go as a pack. But doing this with 16... It's something incredible, and normally people have two reactions to this. The the normal reaction, and I was watching this. I watched this by myself, and I'll tell you in a moment what what was the time when I cried. But when I was, and I and then again I watched it with my partner and, and with my parents, and my mom was immediately, completely against it. She was like, "Oh my God, how could these parents allow this teenager, with sixteen years old?" to go around the world by herself. This is totally unresponsible. They should have not done this. This is really bad. Like, what does it mean, a record? She could have just done that later on, but with 16, it's really bad. And then there's people that really admire this. And I am one of those people. I see that. And I really have a huge admiration, not only for... For her, Jessica, that sailed around the world, but as well for her parents and all the supporters, the people that believed in her. And let me just now describe the moment when I teared up. So after sailing around the world for seven months, facing storms, knockdowns, crazy things, she's finally arriving. As she is arriving to Australia Everyone is waiting for her. Imagine this. People that did not even sail before. They're all there. Thousands of people. Thousands of people are there waiting, celebrating. And then as she is sliding down, sailing her last miles, you see a pack of boats, sailing boats, that's basically from all over Australia that just came to greet her. And all these sailors, all these sailors' community... Are there applauding her and witnessing this record that she just broke and kind of welcoming, welcoming? cannot even speak, welcoming, welcoming her to to their community. There's, I remember, there's one particular image where you see a an older man and you could really say that it's like a, a true sailor, you know, someone that sailed all of his life, and he's just passing by her with his boat and is applauding and i don't know like seeing this plus the music and the whole surrounding of that movie of that scene i couldn't i couldn't really control myself it's crazy i I even i even tried to hold it right like i always do again probably not healthy but i don't know why but maybe i do maybe i do know why Funny enough, my partner, when she was watching that, she didn't even tear up. She's like, "Ah, oh, okay." I mean, that's that's not even sad. She's happy. And I don't know. For me, even when I rewatched it with my with my family, I was like, "Yeah, I cannot control it. It's coming." I feel chills and I feel inspired and very emotional. And I've been always telling you that it's really hard to compare any other experience to the indie hackers experience of of this adventure, this adventure of quitting your job and basically trying to find a business and a project that will somehow pay the bills for you. But I think that this is the one, this is probably the, the closest experience to this. I'm not saying that obvious that sailing around the world is easier than indie hacking. It's completely different things. But think about it. When you are sailing around the world, you know that you are going for a journey that it's going to be really long. But you don't know how long it will be. It can be maybe five months, if you have good wings, winds, or it can be maybe more, like 10 months. Or you cannot even finish it, right? You never know. You never know what storms you'll face. You never know what problems in the boat you might face. You can even be attacked by orcas. Yes, that, that's a real thing. That's, that's actually been happening here in Portugal, unfortunately. So... You, you never know. Your next day can be your last or you can just like fight another day. And day by day, you eventually arrive. Even more than that, she was 16. People, even the media were against her and their family. They were saying, why are you doing this? It makes no sense. And that's, that's something really interesting about these records, about these this amazing accomplishments that humankind is able to do. Quite often, people will doubt it. People will be like, why are you doing this? And even yourself, even yourself, you'll be thinking, why am I doing this? Your mind will always try. There's a point where your mind will try to trick you into not doing it, into staying in your comfort zone. She didn't. She was able. She had the the endurance and strength to go against that. Plus, she had this amazing family that supported her in this dream and the coach, and they made sure everything was perfect. They didn't make it easier for her. They were not irresponsible to the point to say, okay, just go. No, they made sure everything, the boat, that she was ready, but then they supported her. And she has done it. I don't know, for me, it it gives me such a motivation and inspiration because... These are the kind of records that somehow I want to break in my life. There's a lot of great achievements in your life. People often relate to I know, getting your first job, your degree, getting married, getting uh, your first um, child. But these are things that even though they are special, not denying that, they are very common because most of the people do them. So they are they are not Hard, I guess. I know raising a child and everything, that's hard. But, well, doing it, having a child, or at least the process of making it, is always fun, right? So, yeah, when I see these people that really basically put your whole life into achieving something or, or set these incredible records, yeah, something just really, really touches me. And one thing that I, I, I find that it, it must be really, really important, really, really important when you are in this journey going around the world is that you really need to manage your emotions. Something that you also have to do as an indie hacker, for sure. Because there will be times where it will be really lonely, right? By the way, that's another similarity between these two examples, right? You are going solo around the world. Like a lot of, the solopreneurs that there are there. They were soloing and like not a lot of people understand. Only other solopreneurs understand what we go through. So you're going solo and sometimes you feel super excited because you had a great day and there was amazing wind and you saw some dolphins. Sometimes you have really terrible days because there's a storm coming and you don't know if you're prepared. And you just want to give up. So, how do you keep this stable mind? That's something that I've been learning a lot. When I first started this indie journey, the moment I started, if you go to my first episodes, you'll see something, I don't remember the name, but it was something like early anxiety. I think that's the, the name. The moment I I left my job, the moment that it was official right? So no more salary. I me- I felt something. I felt this anxiety. And my emotions were always up and down and up and down. It was really like, yes, amazing. This is really great. Or I'm super scared. I don't know what to do. And then as I got more used to, to this lifestyle, things just got easier. I, I, I started feeling more numb, like this not having money, or at least not a stable income was not affecting me as much. Not saying that was not affecting me at all because it still affects me, but it's different. It's it's not as much. And as well, what was funny is that at first people didn't understand around me, my, my family, especially they thought that I was just like on holiday. Actually, they, they would say this a lot like, ah, Tiago, no you're on holiday. And, It was really hard for them to understand and for me to explain to people what I was doing. I was often very concerned that they wouldn't understand, they wouldn't take me serious. So I would always say, yeah, sometimes I would say that I was in between jobs or... I was never proudly admitting that I was being an entrepreneur. Now I'm accepting this because time has passed. I have proven that I I really want this, right? I have proven this for others. And to myself and as well for for the indie community, right? Even for you, the listener of this podcast, I think now after 270 episodes, you kind of start to think, okay, he really wants this, right? But still, I still have like a lot of ups and downs. Remember last episode, I told you that there was a day that was super down. Funny enough, when I speak about this with my co-founder, he says that it's more stable. It doesn't fluctuate as much, which can be good and bad in my opinion it's really good because you you get to do this longer because it doesn't tie you up so much. But maybe you never really put everything into that. And I really believe that for this to work, most of the times you really need to put a lot of it. Like I know there's people doing this on the side and it's fine, but even doing it on the side, you need to put a lot into it. You need to have the strength of like eight hours of work and then go and work three more hours In your projects. It's it's not easy. It's really not easy. And as you know, I have made what I believe to be a very important decision recently, which was to not focus too much in projects that are not bringing a lot of money. And with a lot of money, I mean a growth that is something abnormal, something that when you see that growth, you immediately know, okay, this is something that I should focus on. And that led me to Pod squeeze my most recent project. As you know, I started this about two weeks ago, and I'm doing this with Joao, co-founder. And for the first week was building the most simple MVP, like proof of concept, something that somehow works and we can show to a few podcasters. And since their feedback was good, all of them were amazed. Because it's, this AI is, is really amazing. And the possibilities that these AI is like GPT and mid-journey and everything, what they are bringing to the table, it's unthinkable. It's really unthinkable. So yeah, they, they looked at it and they said, yeah, this is good. This can be useful. I would pay for that. Amazing. So then Joe and I sat together and we started discussing the next steps. And we thought, Okay. Now we have something that people can use, but they cannot log in. They cannot pay. It's not really usable. It's a proof of concept and people can test it, but we cannot make money from it. So then we thought, all right, is it time to extend this to one more week and to focus on doing all of these things? Then we agreed that we should do that. And we basically started working. That's that's what I've been working mostly this week. And uh, I've been working hard with the logins. I've, I haven't implemented the login for a long time. I always try to avoid it because, I don't know, there's so many annoying things, right? So you need to set the password, then you have like login with Google, then you need to make sure that users can reset, and then you need to make sure that your application always knows when you're logged in or not. It's like a set. it's it's not hard to do, and there's a bunch of services that can help you. But yeah, it's just it's just annoying. It takes time. That plus the payment systems and everything. So I've been focusing on that. At the same time, Joan did a very simple design. I think it's funny because now he has a very different approach than what he was doing with the Lottery. With the Lottery, it was very much like it needs to be the perfect design. And now it's much more, okay, let's do something fast, let's see if it works, if it works we'll focus more on that. And we are still using this technique where I basically do the structure, HTML, CSS, blah, blah, blah then it takes it and it makes it perfect. So that's working really, really well for us. And um, of course at at the same time that I'm doing this I'm so pumped, right? This is a new project you understand, right? It's a new project, I'm super pumped and I am having good um, feedback and At this phase, when you're building this project in the beginning, before you actually launch it, you always have this little hope. This hope that it's going to be amazing. This hope that uh, you will have a great product and you'll make tons of money. And I'm in that phase. In that phase that, okay, it, it can be something, right? I know that probably I'll be crashed by reality and it's not going to be like that. But I'm hopeful. So, super pumped. But at the same time, What's happening? At the same time, I have other projects going on. So many things. So many things going on in my life, right? I, I have the pod squeeze, then the community, which, granted, I'm not focusing as much, but there's still things going on, right? For instance, today, we had an event. We had, uh, Every every month, we have um, an event that is organized by Ida. And these events... It requires my attention. Even though Ida is organizing most of it, I need to make sure to send the message to people. I need to be there, prepare myself, doing all of these things. So that takes a little bit of my time. Then, of course, this podcast. Then getting sponsors for the podcast. Then the freelancing. Then planning, how am I going to get money next month? What if squeeze doesn't work? Do you understand? There's so many things. Like Indie Lottery as well. I'm now trying to sell it. There's so many things going on, and I think I'm getting good at that. Uh, I, I probably overwork, but I'm I'm getting good at this kind of context switching. Sometimes I'm I believe that when I approach others about this, for instance, Joël, we're like working in squeeze, and I just send him a message saying, "Hey, I just had this idea for indie lottery. What if it works? What if uh, maybe you can sell it, or maybe you can switch this a little bit, and it will be really good." And then Joao was like, yeah, Tiago, now we are focusing on this. Don't dwell about the past. Just focus on the future. And, you know, my mind is always racing, always, always racing. And sometimes for that, it's it can be hard to focus. It can be really hard to focus. So I've been finding a couple of techniques that help, help me to, to stay focused. One particularly that has been working really well for me is to treat your brain as a muscle. So imagine you are an athlete. Athletes, they they have their recovery time, right? And if you have done any sport, you know that at some point you just feel super tired. You cannot do anything else. And it's it's acceptable, right? You know that, okay, it's fine. I have ran enough. I have, whatever, climbed enough or done enough pull-ups or push-ups that now I need to rest, and you accept this, and you know that now you'll need to rest so that you can perform better next time. With the brain is the same; the brain is exactly the same. When I am coding for a long time, let's say I'm one hour coding, and sometimes there's an issue, and I just I cannot find a way. There's a bug I cannot fix, or some logic that I don't really know how to implement. And I'm what I used to do is I would just push and push and keep focusing, keep focusing. But now I have a new strategy. My strategy is get up, go to the kitchen or, or do some house task, household task, right? Because I'm working from home. So I just do something. Even it's only five minutes task. I do that. I feel that I've accomplished something, something that doesn't require a lot of brain power. Then I go back to my desk. I sit down and suddenly, poof, it's just so much easier. Really, sometimes... Problems that I was trying to fix it for half an hour or so, I could just fix it in five minutes. So that's something really important. And of course, that along with that goes, trying to eat healthy, trying to do exercise, trying to have social life. All of these aspects are really, really important to keep a balanced health and and mindset. Now, what are going to be the next steps? Once we have pot squeeze ready, and hopefully this will be soon, our goal will be to be in the end of this week, we'll just try to f- fetch our first clients. And we have already a few marketing strategies in mind. And um, yeah, and then we'll just basically start trying to see if we can make money. Because if people really like it, they should be willing to pay. If they don't, if, if it just doesn't work, we might just kill the idea and go for the next one. We have a lot of ideas. If it does work, we will basically collect a bunch of testimonials. And this is the perfect time to introduce today's sponsor. And today we are back with SocialJuice.io, your tool to collect testimonials and video testimonials from your clients. SocialJuice.io is created by another indie maker. So... Is a colleague of us. And as you know, it's really, really important to increase your conversion rate to show what others are saying about your product. And it can be anything, really. It can be a SaaS. It can be an info product. You can just, I don't know, give talks. In the end, there's always clients. And these clients, they can really help you to obtain more clients. Quite often, people just forget about this part, which is really crucial, to collect feedback. Sometimes because they just don't have an easy way to do so. So that's why you can use Social Juice. You can basically go there, create an account, and you can import testimonials that already exist from other platforms like Twitter or Facebook. Or you can just generate a link and send it to your client, and they can do one of two things. They can just write down... Their testimonial, their review, or they can actually send a video. It's very simple. You just click and start recording. Basically, the tool explains everything and makes sure that it complies with all the GDPR and all the security measures that need to be complied. And it's it's very different to see someone actually recording a video rather than someone writing it down, right? Actually, if, if it's a written review, even yourself, you could have written for your own product. But a video is more unique. When you see someone really taking the time to record a video, you know that they are really in love with the product. After you collect these testimonials, you can show them in a wall of love, as it's called. And basically, you have multiple ways to display it. You can have carousel a slider, a tile format, basically whatever fits your website best. You can just pick. And if you are using a no-code tool like a card or something like that to build your website, it's very simple to implement this slider or this wall of love in your website. You can just basically drag it to your website builder and that's it. Super, super simple. And uh, you can start using Social Juice now for free and once you're ready to upgrade you can use the code wbe and you'll get 25% off for one year on all the plans and once you upgrade you will have access to a bunch of cool interesting features that can also be useful for you to take your business to the next level this was socialjuice.io the links and the codes will be in the show notes Once again, thank you for supporting today's episodes. Now, as I told you, I've been mostly focusing on pod squeeze, but there's other things going on. So let me share some of them. I want to talk a little bit about the freelancing, because the freelancing has been as well a way, a technique for me to somehow keep that balanced mindset, because it's a way to somehow bring easy money. When I say with easy money, doesn't mean that it's easy, I still have to work, but is money that I know that if I work this amount of hours, I'll get paid. Right? This is something that it's so important. It's something that we don't have this as indie makers because we might work really hard and no one wants to buy our product and we don't get paid. In this kind of work, we know it's it brings a little bit of stability to our life. So, as you know, I'm working on a no-code app or I'm working on a, an app using no-code which is something that probably now going back I wouldn't have picked a no or a low-code tool I've, I've been using Flutterflow. The reason why I picked this tool at first in the first place was because the client wanted it because he wanted to be able to edit everything and that I totally understand and I agree. If you are willing to put some hours into understanding the tool, you can do a lot of things without knowing how to code. There's still a certain degree of learning that you need to have, that you need to do. But besides that, once you know it, you can do a lot of things. But then there's a lot of issues as well. The biggest problem for me with low code is that it's really hard to debug. So if I'm doing something, it just simply doesn't work. I cannot just simply access the logs. I can run the code myself, but this is just still a lot of work if I need to do that. So there was a lot of back and forth and trying to figure out things. And I initially thought that I would take 20 hours to fix and to, to make the whole app. And I was so mistaken. I was really, really mistaken. And granted, I told my client that I've I've never done this before, so I, I was ballparking it, but... Still, at some point I was working much more than 20 hours and I was thinking, okay, what now? I mean, I, I want to deliver this, but I also want to get paid. I don't want to spend my time without getting paid. So in the end, I basically was open to my client and I told him, hey, this is what's happening. What can we do? And he said, yeah, of course, Tiago, if you're working much more and I know that you're working and I, I like what you're doing, just charge me more hours. So in the end, we kind of found an agreement. I end up charging more hours. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to share this because, yeah, it's, it always needs to be a win-win situation, right? In once the app done, but I also wanted to get paid. And if either one of us is not getting this, this part of the deal, we won't be happy. And it's important to be happy. And, of course, this extra money really, really helps. In the same time, I got another possible freelancing deal from a friend from the community jasper and it's really cool to see that like the community there's a lot of synergy right for instance just um not long ago luisa a member from the community got a freelance client for joel my co-founder so it just happens when you have this networking the networking effect is really cool and when people care for each other it's, it's really nice and we can really help each other so Jasper approached me, he's as well an indie hacker, but he, he found this really cool um, gig where he doesn't he only has to work, I think, three days a week or so, and it's a really cool job, and it, he asked me, hey, maybe we need some help with someone working with React and someone that also knows a little bit of uh, front-end and back-end, what do you think? Is this something interesting for you? And I said, yeah, sure. I mean, more freelancing, this project is actually about to close, hopefully, so now I can have another one and keep the stability. That will be really nice. And yeah, it just works. I'm, I'm still not sure if we'll go um, ahead, but it seems promising. So I think networking is really important. Just keep your eyes and ears open. And sometimes there's a lot of people that they don't want to network. They, they don't want to go out of their comfort zone and, and interact with people. But I think most of the time there's always great things from that. You either connect with someone else or you have some fun, you relax, or maybe you get a job. At least you'll get some experience, a new experience. That's always good for, for your brain. So, yeah, that, that's been it for, for the freelance. And uh, even though it's something that I not particularly love doing, it's, I think it's important for the stability as well because it forces me to explore new technologies and new industries which can also be good for my indie hacking career. So that's really, really good. And yeah, that's uh, basically it. For the community, I've been basically using it mostly as um, as a user myself, not as a founder, which is a little bit different. As a founder, I tend to focus more, building new features, interact more with people. As a user, I just I'm one of the other members as well and just interact whenever I feel like it. I, I have some issues actually going on with uh, with my backend in the community. Some of the functions are not working really well and I should and I have it in my Trello board to fix those. but again, I'm so busy with all this stuff, but I really try to do that. Yeah, and it's just it's a business model that it's really hard to make a lot of money with. So I I kind of already accepted it that it's not going to pay the bills fully. Now, especially because part of my MRR is going to to pay either for, for the event. So I'm almost making no money <laughs> with the community at the moment. I'm almost at the break-even, or no, I'm more than the break-even, but still. But yeah, there's other benefits that come from it, and it does not require a lot of my time. And I'm I'm chilling. I'm I'm okay. I don't have so much I don't feel so much pressure now to perform and to have a great community. I know that people are happy. Uh, I know I understand what needs to be done, but I accepted it that now that should not be my number one focus. Yeah. And that's basically it. Next week I'm going to Germany and I will be in uh, Berlin. So maybe we can hang out. Maybe I'll organize uh, some kind of meetup or something. So make sure to add me on uh, Twitter, WB Maybe we can just go for beers and speak about indie hacking. And if you're in Berlin, just, yeah, let me know. Once again, thank you so much to today's sponsor, socialjuice.io. You can find the links and the discounts in the show notes. And if you want to support this podcast by sponsoring it, the link will also be in the description. It's very simple. Just go there, click and follow the instructions or you can become a member of the WB space. And by doing so, you will as well support this podcast and make sure that this continues to exist. It's only 10 bucks per month and all the links that you need are in the show notes. So actually there's even more ways for you to support. So just go there and check that out. And as always, WB Tiago, I'm there, always answering your DMs. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next time. And yes, I'm still taking a daily cold shower every morning. And it's uh, feeling good.